Welcome to They Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 259, Down a Dark Hall. Welcome to this podcast where lost girls find their way. Hi. Hi, everyone. I am Chaos. I am Carnage. And we are They Mostly Podcast at Night. That's early. I know. I don't well, know. Whatever. How's it going? Um, I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm healing. Yeah. Healing from the inside out. Yeah. I got, I got bit by the sun again. The sun mm. bit me. And it was like, no bitch, you're going to stay inside for the rest of the summer. And I was like, okay. The sun has a big mouth because it bit like your whole upper body. And my hands. Did you see my hands? I, yeah. I was counting that. Yeah. I have to tell people when they come in, like I had a customer come in today to meet with me. I was like, I, I just want to let you know, I'm not contagious. <laughs> Because I know we shook hands and you're looking at my hands now, but I'm not contagious. It is strictly a sun allergy. Strictly. That must be sad that you had to make that distinction for them. I have to do it for everyone. Like everyone that I come in contact with, I'm like, I'm not contagious. I swear. <laughs> at least I don't look like a monster anymore. I was looking like a monster the first couple of days of this week. You oh were looking really God. rough. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for you. And uh, you talk. So what happens is like your skin tightens up and then you start talking or eating or yawning is the worst. And my skin cracked all around my lips and my chin. Like, just cracked. It looked like it was like, mm, it was horrible. Yeah. Like, if you ever get cracked lips, guys, that's what it was all around just my imagine mouth. imagine that, like, all over All of your face. whole face like, is horrible. Oh, it's yeah. so terrible. I suck. I'm going to stay inside for the rest of the summer. I'm going to stay in your basement, actually. Do I, have a basement? I don't have a basement. I have a basement. I'll stay in my basement for there the rest of the summer. How are you doing? I'm okay. Like, my stimming is, like, kind of out of control right now. Which is, like, when you're autistic or you have ADHD, you do a thing called stimming, which is basically, like, fidgeting. But sometimes it's, like, a way to manage stress or self-soothe or concentrate. But sometimes you do it too much. You can't stop doing it. And sometimes it takes on destructive things like like when I would rub my teeth so bad that my tongue mm-hmm. would bleed or like I, right now like I'm picking my skin really bad and my skin like I'm causing wounds on myself so that's what I'm up to that is one of my favorite pastimes that was causing wounds on myself yeah honestly. I'm not gonna lie well you don't have to do it now because the sun does it for you yeah, well I help it so mm-hmm. I get to pick my skin kind of reminds me of my cat over grooming yeah like it's kind of like self-soothing and then it's too much and then mm-hmm. it's like oh now we're getting into a bad place yeah so i'm sorry that's happening yeah i blame jonesy your cat for that because she's kind of a bitch it, it shifted for a, for like weeks and weeks and weeks i was causing injury to my tongue by rubbing my teeth i remember that yes and now it's shifted to skin picking i'm just causing wounds on my hands you need a fidget toy I yeah I need to find mine I have two but I don't know where they are I don't have one other I was like give you up I have one at work that I use when I'm in a conference meeting conference meeting team meeting I have to have something to do with my hands that's why when I was 18 I taught myself how to knit um so that I have would have something to do with my hands and then I had like this obsessive knitting hobby for like 10 or so years it was bad guys yeah, like I had really buff forearms because I knit so much that I actually like developed the muscles in my forearms. You couldn't go into Cass's room without running to yarn. Yeah, there was and, yarn, everywhere. and I would literally knit for like eight hours a day. 
And I did that until actually, when did I quit doing that? Like not until like sometime in my thirties. It was right when my mom asked you for help with an Afghan. You're like, no, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, mom, we're alone. Yeah. It was bad. But that was what I did instead of tearing myself apart. So, you know, it worked for that. But I ended up spending like a shit ton of money that I really shouldn't have on my hobby. Yeah. You kept that yarn shop in business. I think when you quit is when that thing finally went under. Isn't yeah. That, yeah. That's all you. Yeah. You kept that thing afloat. That was me. I was keeping, <laughs> I was keeping, I was keeping it afloat. Me and my friend who, she died and we used to go meet up at the knitting shop all the time and knit together. And after she died, I just couldn't bring myself to go in anymore. And that was when I kind of, I stopped knitting mm-hmm. because it was just a really sad thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, and it was really abrupt too, like. She just, like, I knew, like, she got sick, and then two weeks later, she was dead. She didn't even tell anybody, like, what was wrong, or Mm -hmm. she wouldn't let people come see her in the hospital. So, like, I never got to say goodbye, and it was really, really painful. She probably thought she was getting better. She did. She she didn't know she was dying. She had no idea. She never knew. It it just, it wasn't like a, like, nobody told her, like, you only have months to live or something. Right. Nobody thought that her life was in danger. Mm. She was just suddenly gone, so... So, yeah, that was really hard. Sorry. Yeah. And still, I feel, I just, I still just feel really bad about it because I never have to say goodbye to her. Yeah. And... That part's hard. And she had like a 13-year-old son. I mean. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. She had, she had older kids too, but her youngest was only 13. Kid. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, it really sucked. But anyway, <laughs> um, welcome to our downer episode. Yeah, so bringing the episode down. Should I bring it back up the and dumps. tell the, tell the, tell the listeners why I almost killed you today? Yes, let's talk about that. Okay. So I was at work today, and it was a very very busy morning at work. Like very busy. Like we were missing two people, and it was extremely stupid busy. And here I'm getting texts that say meow meow meow. Meow, no. meow, meow. First I said, hi, I'm Jonesy, meow, meow, meow. Yes. And then every time you responded to me, I would say, no, meow, meow, meow. Yes. And even if I responded, meow, you're like, no, meow, meow, meow. And then I even said, I'm confused and I want to hide. And you're like, no, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I'm meow, meow, meow. And I even responded with a picture of my cat. And you're like, no, meow, meow, meow. Yep. And I just wanted to smack you through the phone because I was like, okay, that's it. I'm busy. I'm too busy to deal with this shit. I can't deal with it. So chaos almost died today. I didn't sorry. make you respond to me. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what what you were doing. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> so anyway. I was being Jonesy. Jonesy had control of my phone. Jonesy did have control of the phone, and Jonesy's mm-hmm. kind of an ass. So she is. Yeah, she everything is hers. She wants everything a certain way. She gets first pick for everything. If you're making food for somebody else, no, you're not. You're making it for her. If you're giving a toy to somebody else, no, you're not, because it's hers. Did she learn all this by watching you, or what? She's always been this way. It is not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, do you want to tell them who we are and what we do, and then we'll get into this thing today? Sure. We are They Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. We are two best friends of 25 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week. We take turns picking the flicks for you, our lovely audience. Spoilers ahead and expletives ahead. Okay. That was short today. Short and sweet. Oh, Mariners Trench a Hater or anything else or... Nope. Wow. Well, this week, it was a carnage pick. We did Down a Dark Hall. I can't barely see this. I'm getting old. Jesus Christ. Uh, it was like in 2018. It was PG-13. It was an hour and 36 minutes long. And it got a 5.10. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> 5 out of 10 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato meter? So glad that you asked because the tomato meter, unfortunately, is a green splotch at a 48%. Critics' consensus, Down a Dark Hall, is more stylish than scary, although its foreboding atmosphere may raise a few goosebumps among younger viewers. Audience score, unfortunately, lower at only 20%. I can tell you why. Why? I don't know. Well, that's you cast not an answer. <laughs> No, I do. I have an explanation. Well, I think I do. But do you want to do cast first? Why don't you want to tell your explanation? Well, I'll tell it after we do cast and I do the summary. Okay. And go from there. All right. Um, da, 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 da. Kit was Anna Sophia Robb. She was in Bridget. She was in Bridget Terabitha, Soul Surfer. And Terabithia. She, she was in Bridge to Your Mom, <laughs> Soul Surfer, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's Terabithia. Terabithia. Okay, bye. Madame Duray was Uma Thurman. I'm sorry, it's Madame Duray. Madame Duray <laughs> was Uma Thurman. Uh, she killed Bill, Pulp Fiction, and Be Cool. Izzy was Isabel Furman. She was an orphan, the Navi, and Hunger Games. Veronica was Victoria Morales. It says Turn Wolf, but I'm pretty sure it was Teen Wolf, Cloud Nine, and Livin' Maddie. Jules Duray was Noah Silver. I am going to ask for your help with this one. He was in the Borgias. Borgias. B-O-R. Uh, it's a family. The Borgias. Borgias. Thank you. Oh my God. You're welcome. It's Italian too, isn't it? That's sad. Yes, the Borgias I are Italian. I failed my ancestors. Okay, last night's in Tyron. Ashley was Taylor Russell. She was in Bones and All, Waves, and Lost in Space. And Sierra was Rosie Day. She was in Baby Indigo Valley and Living the Dream. And Mrs. Olonsky was Rebecca Front. She was in Transformers The Last Night, The Aeronauts, and The Thick of It. Who did you do you did you leave her off because you didn't know her name? Or the, the scary butch lady? That is the butch lady. Mrs. Orlonsky? Mrs. Orlonsky. Oh, who yeah. was the English professor? Oh, then? I didn't bother with her because she was barely in it, just like the math teacher was barely in it. Oh, I um, liked them. Okay, well, hold on. I will pull it up here. Sorry, you don't have God, to. No, I it's just, okay. I was just curious who they were. It's fine. I can pull it up here. Um, uh, the the Mrs. Uh, Professor Sinclair was Jody May, and then Professor Farley was Pip Torrens. Pip. Pip. I love it. Pip. Cool. Pip, Pip, hooray. Thanks for doing that. Um, you're welcome. I'm so glad I could help with that. Do you want a little summary? I would love one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. Misfits get sent to a school to help them and things go awry. They go very awry. So I chose this. Yes. So this movie is actually based on 
a Lois Duncan book. And Lois Duncan was like the R.L. Stein, Christopher Pike, Diana Ho. She was, when I was in my late elementary, early middle school age, she was like gothic juvenile author. Yes, she did thrillers and gothic novels for aimed at teenagers. Yeah, like we've seen, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer is another one of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, when a Stranger Calls, I think is another one of hers too. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, I didn't read that one. Um, but I loved this book. I loved this book. Now, is it close to the book? You know, anytime you get a book, you're not going to get the subtext and the. It's, yeah, the film is never going to be like the no. book. I mean, some of the some of the the reason the book was scary was the imagery. Like, um, Kit described the canopy as red, and it was from this Edgar Allan Poe, and it suffocated her at night, and you know she had these visions. You know, so I mean, it, it was um, it was based on the book but it was very it wasn't honest to the book you know what i mean it wasn't true to the book yeah Yeah. and a lot of people that died in it didn't die in the book like it was like they had to put more depths i I didn't like because they put more depths into it normally i like more deaths yeah but in it you know why you're adding deaths for the sake of let's drum up the 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 chill factor that we're killing people um well yeah i I feel like they kind of had to because it wasn't super big on scares no it wasn't at all it wasn't big on scares but but let's get into it shall we sure so kids are main actress uh main actress main character yes i can't talk today at all apparently oh but sorry before we get into it i did want to say another thing about lois duncan yes she wrote a lot of awesome books like we said thrillers gothic horror that was aimed at teenagers which was like unique when she was writing which was like the 60s and 70s Mm -hmm. um but she actually stopped when her daughter was murdered in 1989 and then she moved to like more upbeat children's books mm-hmm. i just wanted to mention that it's um, very sad yeah because her nonfiction was uh who killed my daughter yeah which uh detailed the the murder of, the unsolved murder of her teenage daughter caitlin yeah, yeah which is very sad tragic very um and she's actually passed away herself now at um 2016 she died yes so. Yeah, two years before the movie came out. Yep. But I guess she did get to see, or at least she was around when I Know What You Did Last Summer was mm-hmm. made, right? Yeah. You know who produced this, too? Hmm. So um, it made me think. Oh, I know who produced this, yes. Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. Of Twilight fame. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I've never read Twilight. You know, we read on it. We on it all the time. I've never seen it. never read it. So... Really, I'm just making other people's opinions my own. I've never read it. I'm just thinking, you know what? They're just the fuck, you know. Yes, it's probably written poorly. But somehow she just became one of the lucky ones. Because we used to write fan fiction all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I read fan fiction to this day for the things. And I'm thinking to myself, um, there's a couple of writers. I'm like, if you just, they're alternate universe. If you just change the names, mm-hmm. it could be an amazing story. Like, she just got very lucky, I feel like. Just like, um, what's her name? Something James... The one that did uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which right, was fan which fiction was on Twilight. Twilight fan you know fiction. what I mean? Like yes. she just got very lucky and got her stuff published. And I just think um, another one, Cassandra Clare. Yeah. She was a Harry Potter fan fiction writer, yes. and then she transitioned to being a writer, uh, like a published author. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I can't remember the kid's name who wrote Aragorn. That was also fan fiction. Yeah. No, I remember that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, if I became famous, like, say my fan fiction, this is what I would do, too. I would option and produce my childhood 
favorite books into movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would make like a whole entire like like cinematic universe on the Animorphs books, man. That's what I would do. <laughs> See, I would do the Christopher Pike Christopher Pike books. I love some of his books and the um, Diane Ho, the Nightmare Halls. Oh, yes. Love definitely. Them. I'm I um as much as I love horror movies, um I honestly don't read much horror fiction. I read Stephen King a lot. Mm-hmm. Um he's one of my comfort authors when I just you know, like you have comfort shows and comfort yeah. movies. He's one of my comfort authors. But I honestly like I've read R.L. Stein and I've read the Goosebumps books and I've read um, the Animorphs books, and I've read a lot of books like that, and I've read Lois Duncan books, but that was because I had younger cousins who owned the books, and we would spend the summers together, and I would be bored and I would read their books. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would just read anything. Um, I never, I don't really read horror. See, Goosebumps, I was too young, I was too old for when that first came out, so I never read a Goosebumps, but I had R.L. Stein, um, Fear Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I read love those. Yeah, Street because that was around when I was like, like ten, eleven, twelve. It was right around that age, and I used to love reading them. And um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, I loved that book as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Read that one uh, because my younger cousin Tyler was really into those kinds of books. He he had the Fear Street, the Goosebumps, the Animorphs, mm-hmm. the like all How of those. Animorphs of? what is that one you haven't read animorphs no. animorphs is this whole big long series it's about these kids that are like they get embroiled in an alien war that spills over onto earth and um they get imbued with superpowers that allow them to take the form of animals like not just one animal like any kind of animal okay and so like um, and basically it's, it's this whole big long book series about how war is terrible. And, um, like if you get involved with a war, you will end up doing terrible things. Even if you're, you know, like on the good side or whatever, right. it's just, it's basically like this whole, like war is terrible kind of, um, motif that goes through the series and it's a whole big long series of books and it's all about this war between these two alien factions these these earth kids get involved in okay yeah, i never heard of them before yeah and so like every every um book like cover had a different um like you know like 90s level graphics of an animal like a one of the kids in the books turning into an animal like okay. slowly like <laughs> like so you could see like the the metamorphosis I kind of thing things like that as in the yeah. 80s yeah my god that's funny i'm looking it up right now so but it was actually very smartly written and and i think that it is. had a good message that's funny i've yeah. never seen these before yeah oh my gosh these book covers are funny yeah they are pretty funny but I, I think they need to be movies. Yeah. Well, and, and that's totally what we would do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I was watching the trailer for Down a Dark Hall before we watched it, and it said, from the producer of Twilight. And the top comment under the video was, um, from the producer of Twilight, is that a warning? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of a hand she had in it. I mean, 
knows? I, know. I mean, she could just put the money up for it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's really what a producer does anyway. So. Mostly. But they do sometimes, depending on... Yeah. Depends, but they... How much of a say they have. Yeah, but they do usually end up having some kind of say in decision-making for the film. And sometimes to the detriment of the film. But sometimes also... Like you gotta, you gotta give the director main creative control though. Mm-hmm. Producers that are like into it too much, they end up making decisions that are that are more like profit driven rather than like story or creative, creative driven. driven. Yeah, end up ruining it. Yeah, you can producers can really ruin a film. Well, this one, um, this book was made in the seventies, so they kind of mm-hmm. modernized it because it did take place in the now. Like yes. I think you were mentioning, you weren't sure if she was. Yeah, when Kit walks onto screen, I'm looking at her wardrobe, and I couldn't tell if it was set in the nineties or if she was just a Gen Z because her wardrobe was straight out in the nineties. And it's totally just she's Gen Z. Yeah, she's on Gen Z. Yeah, um, and we come across her. She's at the. Um, she's she's basically been sent to the school, Blackwood um, boarding school. Um, because she's destructive and her father died when she was young and she's got a stepfather and she, supposedly she tried to light the school on fire and I, she's acting out and she just has an attitude and she's what we used to call, what we used to call, uh, what we used to call them, um, juvenile delinquent. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just she's, she's obviously never got over the death of her father and she's acting out because she's, you know, a teenage girl and mm-hmm. that happens. And there's um there's four other girls there. Uh, Veronica, who's a major bully and biggest attitude on campus. Ashley, Sierra, and Izzy. And Madame Durant uh, takes away their cell phones. Which, hello for a girl or anyone nowadays. Like you take away my cell phone for I will cut you a semester, a yeah. full semester. Yeah. You get to make one call a semester. Mm-hmm. I would die because they have no internet there either. Right? Yeah, they've got no computers. No internet. I just, which like cracks me up because like when I was Kit's age, I didn't have access to the internet either. Right. Um, and I was fine, obviously. Like I didn't, um, I remember my access to the internet started off very gradually where like it wasn't until I was like a senior in high school that I started using um, the library computers to get online and I discovered the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. And then like, when I was like 21, we got a computer that actually connected to the internet in the dial-up days. <laughs> but it was like, it was an e-machine. It wasn't even good for the time. So I remember I was very much into like Yahoo chat rooms. Yes. But um, it wasn't like, but like I had to use the Java version because my computer was bad <laughs> and it was super, super slow. And like a lot of times like people I'd chat with would get mad at me because I wouldn't respond right away because it would take so long for my computer to process the chat. Yeah. God. And it was a while before I got a computer that could handle Yahoo chat rooms. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I think I first, my first one was when I was like 23 and I got a Dell. So yeah. yeah oh news. God. I remember that because I remember like, for some reason with Dell, when during that time, if you bought a Dell, it came with like 15 discs and it took forever mm-hmm. to like get the computer set up. And it was ridiculous because other computers at that time didn't require you to do that. And I was like, why haven't you set your computer up? And you're like, you don't understand. <laughs> it takes a while. It's yeah. going to take a couple days. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know how these girls got through it, especially since they didn't probably have any books with them because they didn't think they'd be losing that shit. But yeah, there's like, at least a library there, I think. So. There is a library, but it's there's not like 
it's mostly like nonfiction stuff about creative people and yeah. like it's not really like pleasure reading. And you got Madame Durant, her son Jules, who does the music. Um, Madame Durant does the artist, like the art classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor. Well, his name's Pippin, whatever his real name is. Uh, his real name is Pippin. Um, <laughs> he does math. Um, yes. You have the English teacher, like we talked about. Who gives them Proust to read, which is actually awesome, but... And then you've got Mrs. Olenowski, who's just basically... She's the muscle. Yes. She's totally the fucking muscle. She Jesus is Christ. the muscle. She's like Mrs. Trunchbull. <laughs> um, she actually... Um, she actually, like, pushed... Veronica face into a wall at yeah. one point because she was acting out because that's Veronica, what Veronica does is act yeah, out. Yeah, Veronica tried to lit, light Kit's hair on fire yes. and they got into like a slap fight and then here comes Mrs. Orlonsky like she storms in and just grabs Veronica and throws her against the wall <laughs> and Veronica's like holy shit. Well over time um, it's all like these the, Kit's starting to lose sleep and um, they're starting to become individually they're each getting really, really good at a certain thing, like right. things that they have no aptitude before. Right. Like Sierra is going into art, but she's so obsessed with it that she's not eating anymore and losing sleep. And that's all she's doing is creating art. Yeah. Um, you've got Ashley who's writing beautiful poetry that she's never written like this before. Yeah. Kid, of course, is composing music. Yes. And, and she's become like a piano virtuoso mm-hmm. practically overnight when she stopped when she was nine and she was never that good. Right. And um, Izzy is obsessed with math and she's like, I never got through algebra before. I don't know where this is coming from. But suddenly she's like a math genius. Right. And they're all obsessed. Ex- except Kit seems to hold some of her humanity. She's able to hold a little bit of that and yeah. realizes that something's wrong. And Veronica doesn't develop any special skill at all right i don't know what she was supposed to yeah but you don't find out yeah um but you know they figure out like um kit realizes something's wrong when she goes to um ashley one night ashley's been in this she's it looks like she's asleep but she's writing this furious She's writing furiously on this piece of paper. And she, she used to say, Elizabeth, come to me. Elizabeth would come to me and help me write this beautiful poetry. And, right. But that night it was, it was the man. The man was uh, hurting Elizabeth and keeping her away. And it was so horrible, the things he was doing. And and the things he was having me write and telling me to write about. Mm-hmm. And like Kit like reads some of her writing is like, this is sick. Like, right. What is wrong? And all the girls are, happen to come into the room... And Kit then sees somebody outside the door and she shuts the door. And then Veronica's like, there's no one there. I'm leaving. And all of a sudden, insistent tapping on the door. Yeah. And Kit locks the door and she's like, you're not going sleepover. <laughs> We're all going to sleep over. And so they all do sleep in. What is that? Ashley's room? Yeah, it's Ashley's room. And that's when they all talk about like their experiences. Like, oh, I used to see my father. You know, it was Kit's yeah, thing. Yeah, Kit, she used yeah. to see the ghost of her father. And like all the girls have had paranormal experiences that they can't explain in the past, which 
is like, oh, that's why they were chosen. Mm-hmm. So they were very selected for this, yes. this school, which only five of them in the whole semester. Right. And we find out that it's Madame Durant's kind of like a medium, and she's using these girls as like vessels mm-hmm. for, I mean, in, in the movie, it's fake names like William Kessler is not a real composer. In the book, it's actual like um, uh, Schubert. I mean, mm-hmm. it's actual real composers, writers, Elizabeth Barrett um, Browning, etc. Thomas Cole is a real artist, though, I is think. Is he? Okay. Well, mm, I thought he was, but let me actually look. Oh it up yes, really he is. Fast. Okay, I thought. But so. some of the other ones aren't though. So, no, I mean, um, like that poet was made up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who the math genius was. They never say in the book either. Okay. Yeah. But um, and uh, yes, and the composer was made up. And that's the thing too. In the book, um, that's what threw me is that there was no Veronica type character. Right. Um, you had you had um kits and then you had like sandy ellis excuse me kit ruth and linda okay that's what you had you had four for four different disciplines mm-hmm. veronica is kind of like a shoo-in like she's just an additional like um helper basically to well Kit. yeah she she and kit started out as enemies and then kit's like no like you gotta see what's going on here and then veronica starts to believe her because Veronica's the only one who's not affected by all this. And right. So she's the only one who can still think clearly all yeah. the time. And Kit sees, like, um, Sierra keeps signing her paper, her, her art, TC, TC. Mm-hmm. And when Kit goes to make her one semester phone call, which that's a whole other thing. And Madame Durant just stares at her the whole time. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. Creepy. Wouldn't let her leave because she's going to, oh, charge it. Yeah. Um, but she sees one of Sierra's paintings with TC in the bottom, but from another viewpoint right and that's when she gets more suspicious and that's when she starts she actually starts pulling out books of the library like learning about who's tc is and finding this artwork and, and stuff and she finds the the poet who um is described exactly how the uh literature teacher describes ashley's work so kit convinces um after she's had her run in with a couple uh almost like ghosts like, like a couple jump scare goes where you see like... You yeah, know. and throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of time, scenes where the girls are doing something or they're trying to figure something out and they're together and it's nighttime and you can see like the silhouettes of people close to the camera but, they, but behind them that they don't see. Which right. I thought lent to a creepy atmosphere. I did too. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kit finally... Uh, convinces Veronica let's go in the restricted section yeah I feel like Harry Potter let's go in the yeah, restricted right. section but there's this one hall that one wing that there's a of Drawn's like no wing. you're not yeah. allowed going down there right so they go in and it's kind of like the underbelly of the school mm-hmm. um, it's like this whole there's all these portraits of all these famous people there's a piano set up um, and in the back is the file section right and there's like there's like paintings and yeah and then, right, there's a, there's filing cabinets in the back where they find files of other girls that Madame Durant has taught at other schools. Which, is, they, they all look like they've committed suicide. Yeah. Um, in the book, it was like, um, out of the 24, it was 20 of them went to mental hospitals and four committed suicide, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, it looks like they've all had really bad ends. Um, and they're about to get caught when Veronica's like, go, hide to Kit. And Kit hides... But Veronica's caught by Madame Durant and Mrs. Olenoff. 
Here, pronounce her fucking name. Hold on, let me look. Um, it's Mrs. Olonsky. 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 Yeah. I just can't talk today, um, like usual. <laughs> <laughs> and they, Kit doesn't see this, but she hears Veronica screams. Yeah. But what they end up doing is they. She ends up. Madame Durant ends up getting her, giving her up to the spirits. Yeah, they like chain her up in this room and put her in a circle of candles. Which I was just like, as a former Wiccan, I was like, oh yeah, she's gonna be possessed by a ghost summoning circle. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, so we don't see Veronica again for a little while, but Kit gets, gets everyone together. Be like, look, we found all these, you know, we found all these files, you know, what's going on. And man, drop fesses up. She's like, your vessels, your yeah. vessels, these, these people, they died too young and your vessels to, for their genius to live on. Yeah. Um, and Kit's done. Kit's like, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Um, she wants to call the police, wants to get the fuck out of there. And she's able to get Jules on her side. Right. He and gives her the keys. So she can go get her phone to call 911. Right. Um, unfortunately, while they're doing this, um, you've got Izzy. And you've got, um, they're going to get Ashley. Well, Jules goes up with, to get Ashley. And Ashley's just a mess. She's cut herself. Um, they're tr- you know, and that's when Jules gives Kit the keys, like, go, you know, go get some help. And right. unfortunately, they both turn away and Ashley jumps out the window and kills yeah. herself. And then later they find Sierra and she's just dead. In she's her bed. dead already. Yeah. yeah. Which made me so sad. I know. Um, so it's Izzy. Kit's trying to get Izzy Jules out of there. Um, and she goes she, to find Veronica. Right. She goes back into the underbelly and she's possessed, like completely. Full on white eyes possessed. So Kit smartly takes a candle and like starts like flaming her a little bit, you know. Yeah, like to works. shock her out of it with pain, kind of like she's like telling her like, you know, fight this, you can do it. That's why you're not possessed. You know, she wasn't possessed before because she had a really strong will. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can fight this, you can fight this, and she's slapping her, and it's not working. So then she burns her with the candle, and then she snaps out of it. But she ends up causing a fire. They both end yeah, up causing a fire down there in the stumbling. A candle which lights on like a piece of drapery and the whole room mm. goes up so madame duran and uh pippin <laughs> i'm just gonna call him pippin fuck it um they see this and madame duran goes nuts she takes scissors and just try to get all the paintings out of the 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 just t- fucking take them off the wall but she just takes you know well trying she's to- trying to make it so that she can save as much as possible and she can carry as much. Right. i mean it's hard to carry like big like like you know the frames are heavy yeah, it's hard no, it makes sense. Yeah. At first, she was going to pay off the cops, but, you know, now... But then the place the was on fire, so they have to get out. So she's trying to save everything, and he's like, we've got to go. Stop. You know, like, just go. And she turns with the scissors in her hand and stabs Pippin. She stabs him in the stomach. It's like, I knew Total that was accident. coming because of the way that they looked at each other. I was like, she stabbed him. Yeah. But I was still just like, why did she do that? That was an accident. Yeah, it was an yeah. accident. Um, but she has her old students coming back for her. So yes. she doesn't get out. Her old students come back for her and they come back for the English professor because mm-hmm. the English professor is with them and then she stops because she sees her old students too. And right. they kind of both get taken down by them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Izzy is left behind where Veronica was. She's like, the fire is so nice. It's She got entranced by the fire. She's like, this is where I need to be. I don't it was the fuck very was confusing. I don't know what that was about either. But it was funny when Izzy's like, no, the numbers, I have to figure out the answer. And Kit's like, it's three. The answer is three. I love that. And she's like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> and so you think she's going to come out with them, but then, yeah, she for some strange reason, she just gets obsessed with the fire, and she's like, it's beautiful, and she's looking at the fire, and she gets killed. And then um, they're almost out. Veronica leaves. Yeah, Veronica, Veronica gets, gets out. out first. Um, they get Jules and Kick it trapped a little bit. And they end up, like... Like they don't know where to go, but oh, yeah. but Kit is seeing the visage of her father, who's mm-hmm. leading her the proper way out. So they get down to the main floor. Veronica gets out, and Kit is trying to get Jules to get out, and then like the ceiling falls and crushes him and kills him. And kills yeah. him, yeah. And then Madame Durant's killed by her. You know, yeah, you know, they just kill her by her students, her That's former awesome. students, the ghosts of her former students. Yes. And Kit gets out, and then she's fighting with staying alive. You know, talking with her dad, staying alive whatever like she just wants to be with her dad and her Mm. dad's like no you know you got to stay alive you've got so much life ahead of you you've got things to do you know i really want you to fight and and she's like okay and so she then she so then they're like losing her in the ambulance but with her mom in the ambulance but then she like wakes up and they're like we've got her back and her mom's like oh thank goodness and and she's okay yeah movie ends um being a hardcore fan of the book, I yeah. was sad that Jules didn't make it in this movie. He didn't make it in this version. None of the girls but Veronica and Kim make it. I mean, all the other girls made it last time. Yeah. I don't even remember if Madame Durant made it or not. I don't remember about her, but everyone else did. Yeah. And it was just kind of sadly like Izzy's death was so needless. Like she was. Yeah. It didn't really make sense. No. And Ashley was almost out and she jumped. You know, I just, I feel so bad for the girls, you know. Yeah, I did too. I really Like did. I don't care that the professors die. They can all die. Even Jules can die because, you know, he was complicit to a point, you know. He was up until he finally was like realizing that like Ashley like killed herself and he was like okay this has gone too far right and then he starts to help because at first he is very um supportive of kit and developing her talent quote Mm -hmm. unquote and he because he's the musical one and he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder because he's very dedicated and disciplined but his mom has always made a point to tell him he's no genius which is so nice his mom's an ass she she's terrible to him and so like at first he's he really wants kit to develop these uh this talent and write this music and he tries to record her and so he's so at first yeah he's complicit but then he realizes things have gone too far and he doesn't want anybody to die because he's not a bad person no so yeah he helps but unfortunately he doesn't make it out which was sad what did you think of this movie? Okay, so I didn't read the book, so okay. I didn't have anything to base it on. I really liked it. Okay. I really loved this movie. I think this is, like, my favorite of, like, all of your picks. Really? Yeah. Like, I really, really liked it. And so I was like, oh, of course, like, it's got a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't get it. <laughs> well, I think, like, it's not... It's very different. It's not like the majority of horror that's coming out in this time period, which is probably why I liked it because it, well, it was also, it was like a very Gothic, which always, I love a good Gothic story. Like even if I am not paying attention to the fact that it's specifically Gothic, it doesn't matter. It gets me, it draws Mm -hmm. me in, it sucks me in. I just like those kinds of stories. And, um, so uh, I really liked the story. I really loved the house. Mm. Um, it was a gorgeous house. Everything was so large and grand and old-fashioned and and um, beautiful. And um, 
Like I always, I, I, I could kind of relate to the girls and, um, and like the whole time I was like, yeah, I mean, it really is terrible what it's doing to them. Mm. But like, how much would I have loved as a teenager to be able to go to a beautiful house and just be allowed to like be creative? Right. <laughs> like I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, because, uh, yeah, especially when I was a teenager, I was very like into exploring different things like artistically mm-hmm. and stylistically and like all kinds of things. So I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, like part of me would love to be there even mm-hmm. though it was bad. <laughs> but, um, but it, it also, it felt like an older movie, like the tone and it was more in line with movies that I like. Well, I think other than the cell phones, other than the cell phones, it's true to the seventies, Mm-hmm. novel which does have a 70s feel to it i mean mm-hmm. it does so yeah and and like i don't know if i've ever come out and stated this but i think if you pay attention to my picks and what i do like it's kind of clear but um like my uh ideal period for horror is like 1940 to 1989 so it had that older feel to it it was a 70s mm-hmm. novel so you know, it the story was like more that era. So yeah, it was just something that I naturally gravitated to. Good. I'm glad you liked it. No, I did. Yeah, it. I loved good. it. Good. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I I could not get the score, and I know usually my picks get low scores. So I'm like, okay, well, no one likes my picks anyway, ever. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed this one too. And even being a truest to the novel and having it be one of my favorites. And he being a little nitpicky, like, oh, well, you know, I had four characters, not five, and right. they all lived, you know. I still enjoyed the movie for the movie. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, it stayed true enough to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, the big the big plots stayed true to the story. Yeah. I mean, you had Madame Durant using these girls as mediums, driving them insane, basically. Yeah. Um, and just using their bodies because no one would miss them because they were delinquents you know right. they're troubled teens nobody wanted to deal with them right so, and so, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting plot that um, which i know it's lois's plot but it's an interesting plot of you know using these composers and artists they all died young and getting the more using kids to get more material out of them it's an interesting mm-hmm. plot that i haven't seen before yeah it so. is uh, that that is a good point that was something that i was thinking too was just that like yeah this is an original story i have not seen the stun to death like mm-hmm. usually you do with movies these days i'm sorry but it's true um you know usually i'm sitting through movies that have come out recently going like i've seen this in this movie i've seen this in this movie like you know mm-hmm. like, like you can just point to where they had blatantly taken things from other movies so it was nice and refreshing that it was a fresh idea that hasn't been done to death and um Oh, I thought it was very well acted. Uma Thurman, I've always been a fan of hers. I thought she was really good. I forgot Madame that she Durant. was American. Like, I was making fun of her, so I'm like, Uma Thurman with a French accent. This could be great. And then I forgot, like, like she had me, I bought into her. Yeah. Completely oh, yeah. bought into she her. She was very good. Like, I always, she, I mean, she has a very uh, wide range for roles that she picks Mm -hmm. and i'm always impressed with her i love her and i even thought that the teenagers were good 
Oh yeah. Those actresses were very good. Um, yeah, I felt, I even felt for like Orlonsky, is that her name? No. Yeah. She just wanted to see her son. She just wanted to see her son. She again. was told by Durant that if she helped with this, that she'd see her son. And that's when she, we forgot to talk about when she dies. She follows her son who was a, baby yeah I mean, he was like a toddler he was like six or something and yeah he, she follows him to the greenhouse and the greenhouse explodes you know yeah. what i mean so but she sees him before she dies so that's kind of cool yeah like she that gave her closure because that's all all she's towing the line for madame durant but she's doing it because she wants to see her dead son again right which is like oh poor lady so even though she's like not a sympathetic character at all in the end you're kind of like oh right yeah. Feeling them for her. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I can tell, the other two were just as messed up as Durant, though. So, like, whatever. It wasn't sad that they Pippin died. and the yeah. English. Yeah. yeah they, they like... Well, I think the English one leaned even more towards Jules, like, towards more sympathetic, like, oh, this isn't good. Let's get them out. Let's get right. you know, towards yeah. the end. But, the, but Pippin was too long He involved. was just very, like, he was very much like Durant, just like, I don't care. Yeah. These girls can die. I don't care. They didn't like, give shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the it's about the math, right? God, which is like okay. Well, I have no fan fiction, and I've told you all my trivia. So should we rate? Because we forgot to do that last time. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we forgot to do that last time. Um, yeah, let's rate. Why don't you go first since it was your pick? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I will watch it again, no problem. Um, if I was still buying movies, I might even buy it. So I'm gonna go like at eight point one seven two. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm at an eight. Okay. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Um, yeah, I never buy movies unless they're, like, movies that I watch all the time. Like, right. Like, I've bought Aliens 50 bajillion times. But <laughs> um, what was the last movie? I, I just recently bought another movie. What did I buy? I bought you Contagion. Yeah, you bought me Contagion. No, but like just recently, I just bought a movie. Oh, okay. Um, what was it? Uh, oh, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I is not a that. good movie. I'm not saying that. But it's a movie that I watch a lot. But like, so like, it has to be a movie that I watch a lot before I'll buy it. So I'm not ready to buy Down a Dark Hall. But, you know, maybe, I don't know. Depends on how much I watch it. Well, should we pimp her and get the fuck out? Or do you have anything else to say? Nope, I'm good. Um, okay. All right, so how about... Oh, well, do you want to make up a fan fiction? Because that's what we usually oh, do yeah. when there is no fan fiction. Kit and Veronica become best friends. Yes. They bond over their shared experience. And they go back to school so they can pee on Madame Durant's ashes. Excellent. Thank you. I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. And they have a fantastic podcast network that we are lucky enough to be a part of, which we will link in the show notes. So if you're interested in learning or like finding some new horror podcasts to listen to, definitely check that out because they have a great selection. Um, we are on all the social medias. We are at Podcast at Night everywhere we are on. Facebook, we have a Facebook group, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a Slasher, and we have a Good Pods. Um, so find us those places if you want to know more about the show or get up to date on what's going on with the podcast or want to interact with us, whatever. Um, 
hang we, with us. Yeah, whatever you want to do, you know. <laughs> We're cool. Um, <laughs> um, but if you DM us, don't just say hi. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, so also, let's see what else. Oh, um, we always appreciate reviews. It doesn't have to take you more than five minutes. Wherever you listen, leave us a rating. If you can review... Leave us a couple words, you know, nothing major. And um, if you're interested, we have a merch store that will also be linked in the show notes. So that's it for me, Chaos. So I'll just say thanks for listening and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as always, we're from the front of a live studio audience of assholy cats. Oh, you know what? I ha- I taught one of my Animal Crossing villagers to say stay bloodthirsty to me whenever she sees me. Yeah. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> Because I, like, always forget that she's going to say it. And she's like, stay bloodthirsty. And I'm like, what? This little squirrel is telling me to stay What is going on? Love it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I told her to say that. Whoops.